Yeah. So welcome back to the Parallel Paths <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'm your co-host, Makita Moore. And I'm your other co-host, Blair McClendon. And Blair didn't know we were recording, but. <laughs> I definitely didn't, but that was a good convo to start it out. So let's. Yes. So yeah. if you don't know already, this episode is about meditation. Um, both Blair and I are very practiced in our meditation. We use it often. Um, so this episode, we're going to talk about what meditation is, how it we've used it in our lives, what our journey with meditation looks like, um, as well as go over some tips and tricks um, for you know improving your practice, some of the science behind it, um, and then some of kind of just you know more of those spiritual experiences. Um, and as you listen throughout the episode. If you hear something that resonates with you, definitely let us know. Either send us a message or a comment, and um, we love to hear feedback from you guys and hear about your experiences, your past as well. So, Blair, you want to start us off? Like, what is in your eyes? What's meditation for you? Uh, meditation for me is uh, I mean, not to sound cliche, but like, it's really getting back to just the one, like mm. for me, like it's just coming into, to being like nothing else matters. Nothing else is going on. Losing track of time. Like you're just in the moment. Like it's just that moment of peace, I guess. If you were describing that to a child, how would you describe it? Ah. <laughs> uh, I guess really putting it in elementary terms for a kid is just let, or closing your eyes and letting your mind kind of just go until it becomes quiet. Mm -hmm. um, so quieting your mind. Yeah, just quieting your mind, I guess. Yeah, that's how I would, I would normally, like when I first started meditating, um, that was the easiest thing for me, just because I had such a busy mind. So Same. meditation was like, okay, if I do this thing, focus on my breath, it's a way to quiet my mind. And then my definition of what meditating evolved from that, from something that, that quiets your mind to something that quiets your mind and allows you to have access to a whole other world mm. of information and energy and anything like that. And that's why now I'm like such a fan of a med of meditation. Like I'm always talking about it. I'm just because it's it's just access to this whole awesome thing. So. True, true. Never even really thought about it like that. But yeah, I mean, you definitely get that ability to tap in uh, on a way higher level. Uh, for me, it was more so not only just quiet in my mind to start with, but um, I think it was more so like a, just a challenge for me, just. I know I'm always thinking forward. So that's more so kind of an anxious, like an, an anxiety type of energy. So I wanted to kind of slow down my thoughts. So I actually started with yoga nidra. Um, are you familiar with that? Mm -mm. Um, so that's the type of meditation for somebody like myself. It was perfect to kind of get into it. But like you rotate your consciousness throughout the body. Oh. So um I think I started with like, let's say a 10 minute practice, but you'll start out and it'll say um, basically right hand. So you're only thinking about your right hand and like literally you can feel your hand because that's where your mm -hmm. focus goes. And then it'll go thumb, uh, 
pointer finger, middle finger, ring finger, pinky finger. So it's just rotating your consciousness and it literally hits every part of your body depending on the practice that you do. But it's also good for recovery. So I was having a lot of different uh, just chronic pain throughout my body. And I don't think at that time I was really working out a lot, but I would still have these little aches and pains from just not having proper posture um, and so on and so forth. So once I started doing yoga nidra, uh, you're focusing on your breath. So you're really bre breathing into these places that have this built up tension. And when I tell you just how I felt after it's just almost comparable to doing like, um, like a session of yoga, just as mm. far as like how relaxed you feel and mm. how you're able to release certain tensions and just different stresses throughout the body. All right. So pain brought you to, like physical pain is what brought you to meditation and your first kind of like exposure that in uh my stomach ailments yeah, yeah. See, for for me it was insomnia i mean i think i had maybe possibly touched on, on meditation before but what really allowed me to understand the power in meditation and how the and the connection between the mind and the body was through having insomnia and then going to youtube to look up sleep hypnosis you know term mm. meditation yeah and from the moment like i was the type of person where I'd lay down and it'd take me two, you know, two, three hours to fall asleep if I fell asleep. It's always wow. a busy mind, just like, ugh. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was bad. Um, and through, I, I guess I like, I can't remember somebody told me about it, but I just looked it up, um, Sleep Hypnosis by Michael Seeley. Um, and that's what popped up. And it was like the specific one for like depression and anxiety. And like this thing guided me down like so deep into my body and the next morning I wake up, I'm just like, wow, like that, yeah. like that, like you just, I could feel my body feel like things moving and it was beautiful. Right. Um, and I realized that worked for me with my insomnia. So I, I kept doing that and now I no longer have that issue. And then mm. from there, I just, I just found other ways to tap into meditation and um, yeah, took off. So that. let me ask you this with the insomnia, how is it, uh, I guess with your sleep habits now, like, is this something where you just since you've been doing it regularly, you just fall asleep right away? Or is it something where that two, three hours was reduced to 20, 30 minutes or five, 10 minutes? Or how is it now? Well, one, um, the, I would say on the insomnia side, because through meditation, I've learned how to regulate my thoughts and my emotions. I no longer have anxiety, that, okay. that's, which was one of the things that was keeping my mind so busy. Um, I'm also somebody who would probably be diagnosed with ADHD because my mind is constantly going, going, going. So through meditation, I learned how to one quiet thoughts that were more anxious thoughts and quiet those thoughts that are more like creative, trying to build and all this kind of stuff. Um, so that allowed me to, when I do lay down, you know, I can just do a few breaths and my mind isn't so busy anyway, because that's not the state that it's in. Yeah. Um, but then I, when doing the breaths, uh, it puts me into this kind of state that it's now so familiar to me. It's easy for me to just fall asleep so quickly. Got you. Yeah. yeah. That's one thing, like, even though I have sometimes an overactive mind and I'm just like an overthinker, uh, I'll just be lost in my thoughts or whatever. Um, but when it came to going to sleep, like that's something I never suffered from. Like even all of my friends, they'd be like, how can you say you're going to take a 13 minute nap? and literally take a 13 minute nap <laughs> talented bro <laughs> so and it came to sleep like i'm definitely grateful like i didn't have to uh do anything for 
for that particular reason but it used to always piss me off when i would have like boyfriends or friends who could just fall asleep like i'd be sitting there like awake at night i'm like what how can you do that like it would piss me off (laughs) yeah i'm out of there my head hit the pillow i'm done but um i don't know just the i guess the forced breathing breathing that meditation makes you do Mm-hmm. It helped me tremendously with uh, digestion and just really feeling like how my food was affecting me. Like yeah. it just it heightened that awareness with the yoga nidra for sure. So let's let's talk. Um, I think we should talk about that now or later. But the importance of the breath in meditation. Um, maybe we should say that for a little bit later. So okay. I feel like there's so much that goes into it, and um, it really is the the cornerstone of any meditation practice or mindfulness practice. Um, so we'll definitely talk about that. So Blair, so when you first started your meditation for, you know, your chronic pain you're experiencing and your GI symptoms, like what did that journey look like for you? Did you immediately have the benefits and were immediately able to kind of evoke that? Have you seen your, um, the depth of your meditation evolve over time? What does it look like for you? And how long ago was that versus now? Um, I started meditating, I think at the beginning of 2017. So, um, I started out 10, 15 minutes just doing the yoga nidras and I was doing it maybe every other day. And when I first started, like I was feeling so good that, uh, for me, I'm kind of a creature of habit. So like, if something's making me feel good, I felt like I had suffered enough to where like, all right, this is working. I'm about to keep doing it. So it went from every other day to uh, pretty much every day, but like I was doing yoga at the same time. So the yoga aspect of yoga nidra kind of intrigued me to do a little bit of yoga. And so once I saw how the breath was tied into that, I was like, oh yeah, this just makes meditating even easier. So it was easier for me to get into a meditative state and to quiet my mind even quicker. So like I just kind of married the two and then from yoga nidra, I evolved it to just trying different practices. So I do square breathing and I don't want to get too far into it, but uh, just learning different techniques to where either if it was a guided meditation or um, if it was one focused upon something I was trying to manifest, I would just kind of tailor it to whatever the situation was at the time. So you had like a general skill that now you just kind of apply it to whatever you're, you kind of need in that moment. Yeah, I take everything kind of day by day. So um, if my body's tight, then I'm going to do probably something a little bit more yoga nidra oriented to where I can focus on healing the body. Or if there's something uh, where I'm just feeling stressed or whatever, then I'm going to just do like a, a meditation to just really empty out my thoughts um, and really focus on that aspect of it. So it just depends on what I'm trying to achieve for real. Yeah, but you had even from the beginning you had a level of consistency that most people don't have um when it comes to develop any type of healthy behavior um which is obviously a skill or gift that you have is that when you find something you know you it's good for you to I mean, it's easy for you to build a habit and really lock into, into that thing um other people like myself <laughs> in the rest of the world <laughs> um, it's not so easy to build great habits and stay consistent with them um i didn't start meditating daily um and multiple times a day until maybe either last year or the year before when i had been exposed to meditation maybe like seven plus years ago 
um, have taken, you know, mindful therapist class and my, my clinical training. Um, and I've been to, exposed to all the research on meditation and the benefits of it. However, it still took me that long to finally develop my own consistent practice. Um, and some of that came through the help of social media, you know, me going live, uh, I think a year ago, Aranisha and I started our 777 yoga and meditation challenge on Instagram. We're not doing it anymore, but that was having us go live for seven days meditating each month. Mm. Um, and now I'm leading my, my daily meditations. And both of those have helped me to remain consistent. Uh, and I know I would have needed those a lot more earlier in my journey, but right now I, I still do even more meditations than that just because like once I did it enough, I began to really notice the benefits of it to where it was just like, oh, I got to keep this thing going. Like, and, and it's like, I can tell when I haven't been meditating for a while, yeah. you know? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pros and cons to it when it comes to that, because uh, I feel the same way, even with yoga, once you start doing it enough, um, you definitely notice when you don't do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like you, <laughs> something just like doesn't feel right. Good, like, though, Cause even like when you start eating good, if you try to go back to eating that crap, your body's just like, no, it like has a reaction like that wasn't even there before. So I think that anything good you do to your body, when you try to go back, is your body's just like, nope. Yeah, it's like, nah, you've already achieved this higher level of thinking, you're not going back. <laughs> so yeah, food for sure for me too. But um, uh, what was I gonna ask? Uh, you and the meditating uh, with your daily practices, is it something that you do like right when you wake up in the morning? Do you have a practice like that? Or is it just more so your nightly practice with your group on your life? So I traditionally, I have not been super consistent with my morning and nighttime routine as of late, but typically my routine would consist of, in most days it does, um, I wake up, walk my dog, read, then meditate. Okay. Um, and that just kind of sets my day in the right tone. Um, you know, as soon as I wake up, I might, you know, do, say some affirmations, um, or do some deep breaths, like a brief, a really brief meditation. Right. Um, and also on my walk with the dog, I'm trying to be present and, you know, really just clear my mind. So it's also kind of my meditation too. So it's, it's interesting, but you did ask kind of like what the def or our, our definition of meditating is, um, and I kind of just had this thought, but it's really for me, every moment, like mm -hmm. literally every moment is a meditation. If you're consciously, you know, in your thoughts, like if you, if you're aware of what you're thinking, like that's a meditative moment. So, um, I think a lot of us meditate a lot more than we probably give ourselves credit for. You just don't really know it. And you could be, meditating upon things that you might not want to manifest because a lot of people spend time worrying about a b and c and then a b and c manifest so you take that and you apply it the opposite way and you start really thinking about things that you would like to see occur what could happen mm -hmm. and that's that's honestly one of the the biggest benefits that meditation has given me is my awareness of my thoughts so when I'm thinking something negative, I can quickly correct it before that thing starts to manifest it because I'm just like, I'm like more, they say like, there's this term like being the observer of your internal experience. Like 
that's what I truly, I'm more often observer of myself. That way I can respond to things in a way that's, that's best suited for me. That's going to be most appropriate to lead to the best outcome for myself. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a, something I love about meditation. And for someone who, you know, has that busy mind and it's so hard to keep my attention on things, like I'm constantly fighting to come back to the present moment because yeah. as soon as I get some type of stimulation, my mind's like, Bloop, just like going. Um, so meditation has like helped me to train my attention in that way. Not only my attention to my thoughts, my attention to like the present moment. Right. And it's like a constant, constant battle, but it's getting easier. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Um, again, I think too, doing the yoga nidra and like just rotating consciousness throughout the body, but meditating as a whole, it helped me crack the code, um, for my stomach issues because I really started to pay attention to my breath a lot more. Like I was really in the moment more. So if I'm eating a pizza, like I know how it's going to sit on my stomach after I just finished because now I'm aware of like everything that's going on within my body. Whereas before I didn't really have that type of awareness. So I'm just eating whatever. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I might have the itis and all these other signs that my body's giving me, but I'm I'm not aware of it. Like I'm not really paying attention. But just a couple sessions of meditating, I was able to tell the difference. Like, okay, you've been telling me this whole time, like, bro, ease up on the dairy, <laughs> ease up on this meat and stuff that you're yeah. doing. Like, ease up on this fried food. So um, I think it really just helped me start to get in tune with things that I needed to eliminate, um, on all levels. Mm -hmm. um, I think, and I think the reason why that happens is because meditation, like you put yourself into this calm, light feeling, peaceful state that the more you do that, the more you become aware when you're not in that no matter what's causing it. So it could be food that's causing you to depart from that state. It could be because you're tense you're anxious that's causing you to depart from that state or, you know, because whatever the thing is, mm -hmm. but meditation, cause like, you don't know how good, you don't know that you feel like shit until you feel better. Then you're like, damn, like the whole time I was feeling like shit. <laughs> so like meditation shows you what it's possible to feel like. And then yeah. whenever you depart from that, you notice it a lot more. You begin to correct yeah. it. Like you said. Yeah. I, th I think that's one thing. Um, I would probably challenge anybody is like, just see how good you can feel like do you know what it feels like to truly feel good like have you ever felt good like have you um before I really started doing all of this stuff I don't know if I could say I did really ever feel good because I mean I always had seasonal allergies from the time I, from I was a kid as long as I can remember I had seasonal allergies until recently so like that's a whole nother story mm. and a whole nother testimony but like really just being aware of like so much more or just a couple things can really change your life as a whole so it's like all right i know gluten is gonna mess with me all right no gluten so right. <laughs> we're good so to me it's that simple like i i just again i, I go back to the suffering and like the the pain aspect of it, but for me um, I can be hard-headed, but when it comes to that and how much I went through, nah, there's none, nothing to be hard-headed about. Like, mm -hmm. um, I like feeling good. I enjoy myself. Like, 
feeling good. So like, I'm grateful for every moment that I feel good. So for me, it's, it's not worth jeopardizing it or, uh, and of course, like, yeah, you might miss a day meditating or something here or there, but I'm gonna try to be as consistent at everything that I'm doing that's making me feel better. Yeah, and that's, and that's one of the beauties of meditation also is it teaches you to kind of have this peaceful patience with yourself where, you know, you have this level of compassion for you. Because when you feel the goodness of like how good you feel during meditation, yeah. you notice it's like a feeling of like deep love and that you start to get, really cultivate that love for yourself. And out of that love for yourself, you allow yourself to, you know, fall off your little path and you knowing that you'll come back. And when you're ready to come right. back, you'll come back. And because yeah. um, even myself, like I, you know, have strayed a little bit from, from my path. But just today, I was like, I know what my little formula is. So let me go for a run and listen to my stuff, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I got back on that path. And it's because I, I didn't beat myself up for falling off that path either. It's because of this love that I've cultivated through meditation. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, um, I can kind of say the same thing because I know I'm one to beat myself up. Um, I've definitely been a perfectionist all my life. So uh, we should call it the perfectionist, perfectionistic past podcast. <laughs> low key <laughs> but yeah like it just helps me um like you said not beat myself up like just take it a little bit easier like it's it's not that big of a deal like the only person really judging this and overthinking it is is you so mm -hmm. it just helps me get out of my head a lot so I think speaking for the melanated culture um things like yoga and meditation can't sometimes be seen as feminine or white or too woo woo. Um, yeah. As a black male, how did you work? Did any of those things, those stigmas ever prevent you from starting meditation? Like when you were first exposed to it and what allowed you to, you know, persist forward as a black male? Um, I guess to start out, no um I, again <laughs> back to the suffering piece like i don't care how anybody's judging it like um at that point in time whatever i could do or whatever i could try to help my situation i was gonna try um doctors they weren't giving me anything so it was just like all right if it's on my shoulders i gotta start with something um and i had one of my homegirls uh tell me about yoga nidra and so that's actually like how I got started period she was just mm -hmm. like yo look at what you're eating and try yoga nidra to the biggest pieces of advice I could have gotten so I still thank her but um as far as like the the outside looking in like on that being like I guess more feminine I've always been super masculine like I probably needed to tap into some more feminine energy. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was more of a balancing act. Um, I grew up playing sports and stuff like that. And I mean, yeah, we might stretch or something before like a track meet, but like, I remember even like basketball games, like we just, you're in the layup line, <laughs> you shoot around and then we hooping. Like we not, you're not stretching, you're not really taking care of your body. Mm -hmm. So I don't even look at it as being like a feminine practice or anything like that. I just look at it as like, as something a human should do on a daily basis. Like right. it, it's part of your, your daily maintenance routine. So have you talked to other, either your friends or other black males about meditation, you know, told them about mm -hmm. the benefits and 
were there any who either didn't do it or have you always got, you know, positive responses where people tried it out and, and stuck with it? Uh, well, like my immediate friends, um, I share with what I'm doing and they see how it's helped me. So uh, I, I guess they kind of just use me as the example. And I know a few have tried it. Uh, I actually have one of my best friends before his wedding. Uh, he was just so anxious. Like you could just tell, uh, like, I mean, you know, wedding day jitters. So right. I had him sit down and do a meditation. And uh, after it was over, he was like, bro, I don't know what you just had me do, but that was incredible. I feel, I feel ready. That's awesome. So we knocked out the wedding. That part was good. And then even to this day, like, uh, he'll tell me like he's still meditating. So, I mean, I think for anybody, like, don't knock it until you try it. Mm-hmm. How would you, um, how would you say meditation has influenced your ability to be aware of your emotions and regulate your emotions? Again, back to the breathing and putting yourself in the moment. Um, you think you experience I, the spectrum of emotions? I do. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, just even finding out more about myself, like, uh, you can be an emotional male without being feminine. <laughs> so yeah. I've been one to always process emotions t- eternally. So it's not like I'm going to always like just outlash and be dramatic. Like that's not, that's not in my character. So I might take a L, I might take a little lick on the chin. I'm just eat that. Like, it's just, it's internal. So whether that's anger, sadness, whatever, I could be steaming, play it cool. Or I could be super sad, play it cool. But that starts to eat away at you internally. So meditating allowed me to start breathing through that. So like if I was getting triggered by something or even now, I mean, I'm not, definitely not perfect by any spectrum, but like I can automatically tell like you're triggered, you're getting mad or that's not sitting well or I'll feel pain or certain triggers within my body more now just from being that aware so it definitely helps yeah I think that's a for I've been coming across a lot of men so I feel like one of the core um core problems that a lot of black men deal with that then manifest in other areas of their life is not having emotional intimacy not understanding their emotions and feeling the right to be able to experience their range of emotions and express those emotions. And I think that meditation, it can be one of those, those pathways to allowing men to do that um, and just understand the value in expressing and feeling on those emotions and understanding that the whole belief that it's just feminine was probably put on you for the good reason so that you would be stuck in, in dysfunctional. <laughs> and, and I mean, I, I think about it just from like a, a global spectrum, but imagine male and female, or whatever you identify with anybody any being meditating imagine how powerful that is like you're literally getting out of your own way so of course they don't want you to know that and then as a as a male and as a black male on top of that of course they don't want you to know that because you about to really be god out here so (laughs) yes no it's 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 such a a powerful thing but you have to allow yourself to get it to that level Mm -hmm. 
through and consistent again, practice. I, I guess, yeah, and again, that's a, that's a big key in meditating too, is just to allow. So I know a lot of people are like, oh, I can't meditate. My, my mind is it's just racing a thousand miles an hour. That's what it's supposed to do. Like, let it, let it run its course. And then um, you'll start to get that, that, that peace and quiet. But acknowledge, allow, release. And the, the thing to remember is that it's a skill. So don't expect you to do it the first time and you'd be amazing. Some people might. But it's a skill just like any other skill you develop. You had to keep coming back and practicing that skill over and over again in order for you to be able to see it grow and develop into a way where you can reap the benefits off of that skill. Um, yeah. yeah, so definitely stick with What are some things that have helped you? I know you're just in general a consistent person, um, but what are some things that have helped you to um, remain consistent and improve upon your practice? Like, do you use crystals or incense? Like, what are your tools in your toolbox for meditating? Um, I definitely like incense. Um, I'm a big smells person. So do you have a favorite? Are, right now, I've been using a lot of uh, frankincense and mm. myrrh. Uh, Merge smells like luxury to me. Like I feel like I'm <laughs> listening to to the the classiest of Rick Ross. <laughs> yeah, and he got some myrrh burning. But uh, those are probably my favorite too right now. Um, I've definitely used crystals before. Um, I haven't really been meditating with too many crystals as of late. Uh, I've actually been been playing with some different co copper tools that I have. Um, I'm going to save that. Y'all Blair, Blair got these copper tools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to save that for another episode. I don't want to go into too deep on that, uh, <laughs> this particular episode, but um, yeah. So crystals, incense, what else? Um, oh, I'm big on like music and stuff. So uh again depending on uh, i don't want to say the issue but whatever i'm trying to achieve that day i might meditate with binaural beats mm. that's huge for me um, yeah definitely with headphones on yeah different frequencies um i might meditate with subliminals uh, i just found a new one with uh, i forgot his last name but i think his first name is mark i'll get the info I'll mention him, Walter. but uh, yeah, his his meditations and stuff are amazing, and he just released one. And it's like three levels of um, subconscious communication. Mm. So like you might be hearing an affirmation or a command. Really, it's more so like a command prompt, and then it's, you hear something else in the background, like he's talking over it. So your your brain and your subconscious have no choice but to pick it up like because mm. you're being distracted but you're being distracted by things that you want to be distracted by so mm -hmm. your mind's all over the place your body's taking it in um so doing even little things like that while uh doing yoga is super meditative for me so if uh if you're somebody who likes to be more active i definitely suggest uh, yoga because I mean yoga is a form of physical meditation and if you truly lock in and, and you're really in your body your mind won't be 
be going all over the place. Like you'll really be focused on your breath because you have to, uh, mm-hmm. based on the movements that you're doing. Yeah, and that's when that's where that the mind, you know, quieting your mind comes in. It's because you focus your attention so much on the breath most often, and sometimes it can be somebody's voice that it allows your mind to stop thinking and you're just allowing the breath or that voice to guide you with no resistance right and that's how you allow yourself to go on that journey and really experience the benefits so you know it could be you're listening to affirmations or recording any of that stuff um can kind of get you to that that level where you're you're just open and receptive um so let me ask you this what what technique do you use to I guess, get into your meditative state the quickest? Uh, is it a certain breathing technique or um, how do you get yourself grounded? I would, I, at this point, I could literally just, I'll just sit and I'll just breathe. Like, and like hearing that breath, um, it just sends me into that, that deep state. And I, can, and I could go deeper. So when I was, um, I see this hypnotherapist which was a really mm. awesome experience. And I need to hear about that. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely talk about him some more. Um, and I'll t- we'll talk about hypnosis in later episodes. But hypnosis is similar to um, meditation in that you're, you're quieting your mind, you're following somebody's voice as they guide you down to this deep state. Um, I've done it twice. Into your subconscious mind. And when I was doing that, I realized it kind of put me in this state. So... I bought a book about a self a self hypnosis book. Okay. So basically, through reading the book, you can guide yourself into that state. So I sometimes will use things from self hypnosis to take myself into a deeper state of med- deeper state of meditation. Um, one of the images is like you're at the top of a garden and you see these stairs going down. Yeah. <laughs> With each step, you fall deeper and deeper into yourself. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. They're dope. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, but I, I mean, I have my, like, I set my scene too. When I meditate, like, I have my candles lit, I burn my sage. Sometimes I have some music playing in the background. Um, I have my crystals. And, you know, sometimes I'll put like a little notepad next to me. That way, you know, when I come out with some ideas, I can just write them down real quickly. If I come out, I can write it and then go back into it. Um, and just setting that scene makes it easier for me to, to go on meditation too, just because like I know my body knows that area. It knows the lighting, the candles that begins to relax me already. Just kind of get me prepared. Yeah. Your body picks up on those little cues, those, those habits and stuff. Yeah. So that's another uh, tip for meditating, building your meditation practice. Try to find, try to go back to the same scene or an environment, you know, like the same mm-hmm. candles, like the same incense, you know, do it in the same quiet space. Um, that you can keep returning to because your body picks up on that. So you hit on something I want to ask. Um, how do you separate the the wandering thoughts from those divine thoughts? Like when you get up and you're you're ready to write. The wandering thoughts from the divine thoughts, they feel different to me. Like a a wandering thought would be a like almost like a worry or a, a preoccupation with something. So that's gonna feel that's not gonna feel good to me having a thought like that versus any thought I have while I'm feeling good is always from source, you know, it's always that inspiration. So it's, for sure. Like, and meditation taught me how to feel the difference, you know, feeling, you know, what feels good to me, what doesn't. True. True. So more so like, I guess when you're in your practice, is it just a random, like, let's say it's an inspired thought. It's a random thought that just pops in your head uh, during that quiet period. Mm-hmm. 
that's kind of okay yeah yeah like it can be um it can be anything like i have like all these like little sticky notes by my meditation area now um just from like therapy tools to use or you know business ideas right anything like i and whenever um whenever i'm like i lose track of a thought i'll just like and I'll do that and like, and then just forget and not expect to find the thought, but like, I'll just like come, come out back. of it. I, yeah, it comes back like that. Like, man, meditation is a tool. <laughs> yeah. I definitely recall stuff because I forget things. Um, happy 420, but uh, <laughs> might have short-term memory every now and then. So <laughs> I might, uh, I might just close my eyes and be like, man, what was I thinking? And then it'll come back. Or like, I might verbally say it like, oh, I'll think of it. And then... It'll come back. So explain so. to the people what your belief is on what, what meditation allows you to tap into. Because we've both been talking about ideas and memories, things like that. Where do you, what do you feel like meditation is allowing us to do or go? <laughs> oh, you're tapping, or uh, for me at least, I definitely feel like I'm tapping into my higher self. Um, like it's just giving me uh, divine guidance in a sense. Like, it's been so many decisions and different things that I've done really even dating back to high school where like I've seen certain things acted upon uh, what I needed to and it's come to fruition. <laughs> so mm-hmm. take with that what you may, but uh, now it's from more of just a, a conscious perspective of it. So uh, to me, it gets, I guess clear messages like it's not as I'm not I'm not searching I'm not I'm not wondering as much like if I can really go within I start to get a little bit more answers and then I have to constantly remind myself like stop looking externally for answers like everything is literally within and if I can quiet my mind or really kind of surrender everything always starts to shift every time but Mm -hmm. it's just staying in that mind state, like, yo, I'm tripping right now. I really probably just need to meditate mm-hmm. um, and bring it back to a, to a, a quiet space. Yeah, that's what, um, if anybody's familiar with Abraham Hicks, she talks a lot about like being in the vortex and like that's that state you're in when you're in that open, receptive, yeah, that flow, flow state. Um, it's like where things become effortless and yeah. you know, things that you want come, you feel good. And that's what meditation, like it trains you to do. It trains you to, to quiet that chattery conditioned mind. And by conditioned, I mean the one that was like taught all these stupid limiting rules of life so that you're not good enough, that you have to work hard for things. Um, right. But it, meditation allows you to turn off that mind to where, yeah, it's like a surrender. Like you allow so many things into your life when you let go of, you know, like the song, Jesus take the will. <laughs> like, you let go of the will because that's so resistant. Like you don't know what you're doing. Yo, you let I never go of that. Like that yeah. yeah, you just get pushed into everything that you desire because um, life is trying to carry you and guide you there. It's dropping clues all the time. So when you are in that meditative state, you are closer to where that, that guidance, that information is. So, you know, a lot of people who are, who are uh, high achievers and, you know, they have some type of meditation practice. Like they, cause I mean, things, if your mind is constantly going about worry and everything else, then you have no room, no space for anything good to come through. Yeah. And I mean, I, 
I kind of go back to what you said earlier too. It's it's not something that's going to happen overnight. It's literally like doing brain exercise and it's or mental exercise. Like it's just like you're going to the gym, but for your mind. Mm-hmm. But it accomplishes so much more if you can really tap in and if you do it correctly. And so, like, and speaking on exercise, like there's there's studies to show like how meditation physically changes the structure of your brain. Um, it improves blood flow to your bl- brain. It like increases the size of your, I think it's like your frontal lobe maybe. And like decreases like your fear centers of your brain. It decreases the size of those. So there's actually these structural changes that are happening. And it's, it's like a medicine. Like it's like your daily, you know, prescription for better brain health is meditation. Imagine right now uh, going through this Corona stuff if everybody was meditating. Nobody tripping. Nobody at all. It, it would already be resolved. <laughs> Everybody be their healthiest self. Like, yeah, and and I know people look at me crazy. Like, bro, how are you not freaking out? Like, part of it's because of meditation. Like, I fear what? Like, it's. I don't know. I feel like when it's my time, it's my time. But like, I, I really am a lot more at peace with just everything that's going on. Um, I think we hit on it earlier too with that global meditation that I did last night. That was powerful. So tapping into different things like that, it just gives me at least more peace and security. Like I'm not, I'm not tripping day to day. I'm not worried about what's on the news, which I also think everybody should cut out. (laughs) Unnecessary distraction, (laughs) fear factor, like, and we can keep going on about that. But I mean, it's, it's, it's really bringing yourself in alignment with peace. And like, I know that's one thing that I always, I say it, I preach it, I, I greet people with it, I end conversations with it, peace. Like, mm. that's all I want. Like, relationships, peace. Like, I'm just trying to experience peace and bliss while I'm here. And I feel like if everybody really did start to get a piece of that or like at least experience that for themselves, nobody tripping. Right. Because the key is like people have a desire for peace, but they're looking in this external world to create it for them. When people who meditate, you realize that all that peace is inside. Any good feeling you want or any feeling you have is generated, you know, inside first. Like, you know, you start thinking about a dog chasing you and you start to become fearful. Right. So the same way, if we want to experience peace in our outer world, you get that because you realize it's never gone. You never have to go fight for it or look for it because it's always within. And that's why like, you know, I don't, I live life without any, you know, any worry, any fear. I don't suffer. That's the biggest thing to like not suffer. Some of us, so many of us suffer, but to be able to relieve yourself of suffering and there's more to it that that helps you relieve yourself of suffering than just meditation. But the understanding that you can gain from meditation definitely helps to aid that. Yeah. I think it, it just clears that vision like, oh, I am suffering and I can get out of this. Like, Mm -hmm. it it just, to me, it helps get me out of a lot of stuck situations. Um, I'm trying to think, like, just, even like what you said with flipping moods, like, even if you're sad, like, I want to mention her name, but I cannot remember. She passed away a few years ago. prominent figure in 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 the conscious community in the meditative space um but she had a technique where 
you're basically in like a, a champion's type pose. Like your arms are are stretched out and you're saying yes. Oh yeah. And like Tony you're putting Robbins these yeses in. And you do that for like what is it, 45 seconds, 45, 60 seconds, something like that. But try it. <laughs> and like your mood, your whole energy is just uplifted. So little things like that, you start to see like just even on a micro scale how powerful it is and then if you take something like that and you apply it to the longer practices um i mean it's no telling what you want a lot so we've talked about some of our benefits of meditation whether it's like mental clarity um, making us feel less anxious more present um physically healing from it um, have you had any benefits of meditation that you weren't expecting that, um, you, that might've been something that you didn't expect? Yeah. Unexpected. Um, the mood stuff. Like I, 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 well, I would say just emotional intelligence. That's, that's the best way to put it. I can't necessarily say I had the best emotional intelligence before starting meditating. Um, and that could be even dealing with past relationships, like just dealing with people, dealing with uh, your personal self. Like, again, I guess just feeling feelings. <laughs> like, And don't you feel more whole now that you have access to the whole emotional side of you and you have that intelligence? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely feel like it's a, it's a lot more balancing. Like, I, I can allow myself to be mad if I'm mad or if I'm sad, I can allow myself to be sad. And when I'm happy, I can enjoy being happy. Like, it's and, and whatever other emotions come with that. But um, again, like you said earlier, just as men, we're not really taught to embrace emotions and to, or how to transmute that energy into something productive or whatever it may be. So, uh, I would say really just being able to tap in and figure all that stuff out was something I had no idea I was going to come across or, I mean, even with the food, like, I mean, there's so many things, I, everything that came with meditating, I didn't expect. So I didn't, I can't really say I had any expectations going into it other than I hope it heals this pain that I'm suffering. That was it. And that, um, to touch on that too, like the, the hope it heals and like your meditation, like we talked about, it can make changes in your brain, but also there's so much evidence on there, how you can use meditation to heal your body just by the power of thought and visualization and that breath. Um, there's just so much evidence out there. I mean, even think about the placebo effect and how it's literally just using your mind and you're evoking some changes in your body off of a sugar pill. So yeah, meditation um, definitely has some power in that way. Yeah. I would say the the thing that I did not expect the most, honestly, was my how meditation can improve sex. Mm. Like both physically, you know, and I guess emotionally, spiritually. Um, and I don't know if this was just me, but like <clears throat> it wasn't until I medit I started meditating and becoming more mindful of my thoughts that I realized how much I was thinking during sex. Is that just me? Or did you not, like, nah, not think during sex? No, no, no. You definitely overthink. Um, it definitely helps. Like it's, 
I mean, it's the the benefits are endless. Breathing when it comes to sex, yeah. <laughs> on the male side is helpful. Um, but I mean, just even different practices I've learned about that. Uh, again, you have to have a certain type of partner to experiment with some of this stuff. But like, just even certain tantric practices, like it's so much stuff I'm trying to do out here, like when it comes to, <laughs> to the meditating and stuff. But you gotta have the right person to do that stuff with. Mm-hmm. Too. So, um. I think breathing, I mean, we keep going back to, but breathing is the key. Uh, It's why you're living right now, because of breath. So uh, if you're conscious of it, especially from a sexual perspective, of course, it's going to be enhanced. Mm -hmm. Uh, And even like through the breath, you're able to deliver, circulate more blood and nutrients out your body. And we know blood is important. It's a very important um, blood flow. Very important. (laughs) Very important to sex. (laughs) That's facts. but I know one of the things that I, that I, using meditation and like learning how to tap into different emotions and visualizations, um, I gain more power or more awareness of using sex as a powerful practice through tapping into certain feelings, like literally feeling like um, imagining myself being this big ball of light or, or recognizing the flow of love that I'm pouring out to this person I'm with. And I can see them respond to it. Like, mm. yeah, it, it's like, there's so, like when they say like the term, like pussy power, <laughs> like there's, there is truth. Like love, like sex is a healing For practice sure. can be. Um, and it takes like having that mental awareness of where you are emotionally, how you're feeling, how you're flowing. You know, it's, it takes, there's a mental aspect to it, a mental, spiritual, turning off that, you know, worried mind or any insecurities you might have. Uh, but allowing yourself to be present and connected during that sex, it like makes it more of a difference. <laughs> I was talking to my homie the other day and it's like, bro, remember it's, it's times where like you hope the TV is on. It's like, all right, I can watch sports center just so I can tune out. But like, if you meditate <laughs> like now you're like, all right, let me catch this four, four, eight, four breath. I'm straight. Like I can count the breath. I'll be all right. But, um, wait, what? Hey, we talked about that too. As a male, sometimes things can get a little overwhelming. That do you mean you have to like think about other things? You have to like distract look, yourself. Like, look, I don't need to look right now. <laughs> we trying to continue but, this. But do you not feel like that you can get to a level through meditation to where you can stay fully there, stay present yeah, yeah. while still? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I'm saying like this is prior to that. Like this is this is premeditative days. Like this is where you needed distractions, where you needed yeah. to be like, all right, I need to focus on something else right now, or this is about. To and that's a, that's such a beautiful thing because you know if you can feel like you can be fully present with your your partner, um, yeah. without you know feeling like you have no control over yourself, right. that allows you to relax and just be present and you know really enjoy it for what it is. I agree. Meditation and sex. <laughs> what else in meditation? Uh, I guess for a beginner, what would you recommend as a good amount of time? I know that's a, a common question. So, and this is coming from um, a woman who, one of the thought leaders who I follow a lot, she suggests 10 to 15 minutes every single day. Okay. And uh, like I said, for me, that started off at bedtime. That might be an easy one for you to do. Set an alarm on your phone to hit your meditation. 
um, and do that. So I would say 10 to 15 minutes every day. You miss a day in between, it's okay, but just shoot for that. Um, I don't think that's too high of a goal, um, but if, if you feel like that's too high of a goal for yourself, then tailor it down to, it could just be one minute a day or five minutes a day, but the goal would be 10 to 15 minutes a day. I would agree, definitely 10 to 15. And then I'm gonna do some yin and yang because uh, I'm more of a morning person. So mm-hmm. I can be all right if I miss a, an evening meditation, but like, I would just feel like my whole day starts different if I start out with meditating. Um, mm-hmm. I just feel like if you start your day with that, like it's literally, again, I, I can't, I listen to so many different people. It's hard to like pinpoint who said it, but it's literally like you're a lot more aware of your thoughts to begin the day. So it's, it's like somebody's pitching you baseballs and your thoughts are the baseballs coming at you and you're able to either swing at it or you can let it go by. Like you're just, you're a lot more in control. Um, I feel like I'm more productive if I start out meditating. Like it's just so many things that it sets the tone for. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, just even going to sleep at night though, it's just as important to have your mind clear so that you're not bringing that into the next day. So I see the benefits on both sides, but for me personally, I just need to start my day out like that. And then I fall asleep so quick anyway. And yeah. I sleep I sleep well. So I would uh, agree too. I would say if you're going to start meditating, definitely do it at the beginning of the day because that's when you're more, especially as soon as you get up, like as soon as you get moving, you know, do your meditation because we haven't had a ch- the chance to fuck up yet. So that can be the first thing you do right. And then from there, you'll feel like, not only would you feel want to do more good because you did something good, but also you'll feel good that it'll be easier for you to do more good going forward. Yeah. And I think the key to that too is not touching your phone before mm-hmm. you jump into it. Or if you're touching your phone, it's for the meditation. Like, no, not checking text, not getting on Instagram, like, and this is speaking from personal experience, but it definitely hampers your day or, or, I mean, it starts your, your mind thinking in different places where you don't necessarily want to expend that energy. Mm-hmm. So if you can start out by just jumping straight into a practice, like I know some of my best days have been right when I've rolled out of bed straight into the yoga mat, like forget brushing teeth. I mean, I might go use the bathroom, but <laughs> <laughs> just get on the yoga mat. Like if I can just jump into a practice, uh, just a day is just so much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. Um, oh, let's talk about the breath. Um, so we keep talking about how the meditation, during meditation, you kind of let our breath be our guide, how breath is so important. Um, what do you, why do you feel like breath is so important in meditation or what are your experiences with breathing? Um. I mean, for me, it it literally, I think, was one of my biggest pieces to the healing energy that I needed uh, when trying to figure out what was going on with my uh, digestive tract. And what I mean by that is, like, really being able to breathe into those places, I was able to see, like, okay, I'm very much so inflamed in this area. Like, let me really target whatever I'm doing whether it be food, whether it was the tools I was using, whatever, but like, let me focus on this area. So if it was a pinched nerve that I had in my, my shoulder blade, I could focus on that area. I could breathe into that particular spot. Um, so for me, 
not only like just breathing into spots, but like just putting me in the moment, like taking me out of, um, you know, just that monkey mind, I guess, like just the, that mental wheel, like it's just always spinning. So if I can just catch my breath for a second, it's like, wow, I haven't really been breathing all day. What's been up, Blair? <laughs> so mm -hmm. for me, it's just like a quick check-in, like, all right, I'm here. Like, all right, let me breathe. And it's just like a quick, quick way to ground. Yeah, for sure. That was like one of the things that I noticed the most with meditation was that I wasn't breathing that much. Like the more I became aware of my breath through meditation and yoga as well, I realized how much of my time I was spending not breathing because yeah, I was just, just holding your breath all day. It's yeah. Crazy. Just, like, what am I doing? Crazy. Um, you know, or like noticing that when I was holding my breath, when I was holding my breath is because I was in my head and yeah. being able to kind of then bring myself back to the present moment by just taking a breath and just kind of like feeling like I just got to restart. Um, yeah, the breath and, and the thing you said about how um, you were experiencing GI issues, like in your stomach and stuff we didn't realize that so much of, I know if people haven't heard about like the gut brain connection, but so much of our, I think it's our, our serotonin, which is like that feel good hormone. Yeah. It's like 90% of it's made in your gut, I believe. Just in your gut. It is. Yeah. So when you're having, when you're restricting your breath um, or you're having gut issues, like you are hampering that ability. That's why you might feel depressed or might feel anxious. It's because you're reducing the production of that hormone. So by just taking a deep breath and like, and the important thing is breathing through your belly. Like we learn, oh, like we start, man. yeah, breathe through your belly. Like we're, we, most of us do not breathe correctly. Like we are up here breathing in our chest. Um, but a, a real breath is going to come from your belly. You want your belly to expand out your diaphragm to inflate. And then the air will fill your lungs, you know, things like that. But when you allow that breath to fill your full abdomen and your whole cavity, the breath actually releases, it, it, like, it causes healing. It opens things up, spreads them out so that way toxins can be released. Yep. And at the same time, that breath is reducing inflammation and healing your body just by doing that. And so I like to tell people a good analogy for it is think about a baby. If you've ever watched a baby breathe, especially in those first two, three years, your belly is always like this balloon, like you just see it expanding uh, when they're inhaling. That's how you're supposed to breathe. So apologies for not even starting that out <laughs> or starting with that, but like learning how to breathe correctly is just as important as breathing. So um, like you said, it just expands, expands everything. Like it just, it, it literally increases the oxygen flow and oxidation throughout your body, which you need to, to fight off certain diseases, certain viruses, um, get rid of pain, stress, like she said, depression, anxiety, all that stuff can be breathed away. Yeah. And, and especially right now, because uh, we are recording this on 420, 2020, um, we start in the midst of this quarantine and this whole quarantine is, in relation to a, a virus a respiratory that yeah a respiratory virus so especially now you know if you're not going to meditate just do some deep breathing because when you do that deep breathing you can shake out some of that mucus um, you can you know reduce inflammation you can allow your lungs to really expand and, and cleanse themselves 
breathing stimulates your lymphatic system. It oxygenates the blood. Your blood goes all over your body to deliver nutrients. So the breath is so, so, so important. Um, fresh air too. Mm-hmm. Uh, get out of the house, go get some fresh air. So you'll definitely tell the difference. Um, I know for me living in the South all of my life, hot, humid, when I moved out to the West coast, it's like, okay, this is real air. Mm. Like just the crispness, like just how, how fresh it was. Like, I mean, you wake up in the mornings and go for a walk and you're like, wow, this is actual oxygen. Like I'm mm. actually breathing. So um, I know one thing that came back in, in a test that I did was like air quality was, was part of my issue for some of the things that I was experiencing. So actually experiencing fresh air and getting outside as much as possible, that is huge when it comes to healing and just mm. helping your mood and everything. Yeah, on the clean air thing, put some plants in your house. Plants are, they naturally purify the air. So if you can't go outside or you got allergies, whatever, just put some plants around your house. Um, And there's specific ones out there that are probably better than others, but plants in general, real plants. (laughs) For sure. Uh, Let's see. Anything else? What else did we, I feel like we covered just about everything on meditation I can think of. I think we're good. We probably can cut this piece at the end. <laughs> um, we just wrap up with a close and then just cut out this. Yeah. So. <clears throat> How should we close? Um, were we going to do anything sponsor-wise this week? Yes. So do we need to record that separate? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so how do we close this? Well, uh, I feel like there was something else that I wanted to mention. Um, oh, a quick little plug. If you're looking to start a meditation practice or become more consistent with your meditation practice, I go live on my Instagram at Makita Smiles. It's <laughs> over there um so i go live monday through friday at 7 20 eastern standard time with a guided meditation so if you're wanting to get deeper in your practice definitely come check me out there and also don't forget to like share and subscribe this video um that way you can stay up to date on all the new episodes that we drop as well as share with people who you love so we can all grow together. (laughs) Big facts. Tune in next week. Peace and love. Peace.